Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. On our says News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. This is Citizen Watch. Come on! That's you, Merced. And in Merced County, the county of mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. So happy to have you here with us. It's also for you, Marilyn. Every single Saturday, we bring you some original content, some original comment as we go into the election season. Folks, the ballots have arrived. Good news. Got mine out of the mailbox uh, yesterday. I don't know when it came. I heard a lot of people got their ballot Wednesday, Thursday. They dropped, I believe, on Friday. Or excuse me, Monday. So most most folks will have had them. Hopefully you had a chance to peruse them. Also, the good news this time, the voter information guides made it. I'm holding mine in my hand. Voter information guide. County voter information guide. Mine came in Hmong. No, I'm teasing. It came in English. I think they know the... Uh, actually, there's some. Uh, there's a little bit of Espanola here. here let's see. Uh, Balito Oficio. Oh, I see. You turn it upside down. <laughs> ah, is that the way it works? Unbelievable. No, you don't. Is it in Spanish? No, I guess it's kind of a little, uh, a little uh, dual lingo here. But anyway, all of the uh, it gives you uh, what looks like the ballot here in a format you can read. You can kind of fill it out if you do go to the polling place and use one of the machines. And then it has the candidate statements in here, declaraciones de candidatos. Uh, English and Spanish for those folks. So you can read all of that. What do we have here? Kevin Cookingham, Jim Costa. Everybody votes for them. Then we have the council races. Everybody in the city will vote for that. That's all it's in. Oh, and supervisor. That's all it's in my ballot. Now, different people are going to have different things, you know, like uh, school district, uh, all of these different things, board member, uh, school board. What else? I don't know if the college is having. I think the college is ha- having some districts. Maybe, uh, I don't think irrigation district, that's different. The bottom line is every ballot is kind of like a snowflake. So review yours. Your voter information guide will co- uh, correspond uh, with the issues that you have. And then, of course, your ballot came in a beautiful, beautiful envelope. Stars and stripes all over it, red, white, and blue. Really, I mean, just patriotic. Huge envelope, official vote-by-mail ballot. Open carefully and uh, be careful where you, where you do that. Says right on the thing, big, uh, beautiful graphics. Do not delay returning your voted ballot. Of course, it has my name, my uh, all my information. Then you open it up, and there's a return envelope, Barbara J. Levy. And again, you'll notice no postage necessary. If mailed in Estados Unidos de Americanas, basically free postage. Now, what you can't forget is on the other side, the firma obligatoria, the uh, signature required right there in the big box. There's an X. Don't sign your name with an X unless you normally do. Your uh, What do they call that? Your your mark? But uh, try to sign your name. And then date the fetcha. Uh, that will be, uh, well, you may have already uh, fetched that out. But uh, basically, put the date, the signature, sign it, and then uh, drop it in the mail. Or you can uh, deliver it by hand. I think they have uh, multiple drop boxes there. I'm not sure of all of them. We're going to have Barb in again. We are going to have Barb in again. It says right up at the top here, voting more than once in the same election. 
constitutes a crime. So direction, sign it in, sign in date below. Your ballot cannot be counted. Cannot be counted. Get it? Unless the envelope is signed in your own handwriting. Return the ballot sealed in this envelope. And you can take it down to the office, Merced County Election Dropbox. There is one outside there at the county building. Uh, by mail, it must be postmarked on or before election date. Okay, and then there's a number for questions, read before signing, blah, blah, blah. Now, the ballot itself, I, I kept unfolding this thing. I thought it was a Matt Serrato mailer. This thing is huge. It's like six feet tall. Life-size photo. Man, did everybody get that? Beautiful, beautiful mailer. Anyway, uh, this thing's all cardboard, really uh, heavy, the heavy, heavy cardboard. There's some perforations. Don't don't start tearing it apart, okay? That, that's all. There's a reason for that. Just And then you got to fill in the oval. You remember the old Scantron back in school, number two pencil, uh, whatever you're supposed to use here. And there's some pages like mine. There's a page intentionally left blank. Continue voting on the next ballot card. So evidently you turn it over. Now, don't start writing on this like scratch paper, a grocery list. I, I think you can write letters to Barb. No, I'm teasing. You can't write anything on the blank. It probably screws up the machine somehow. I don't know. But just try to stay within the marks. Like like uh, your first coloring book. Do not go outside the lines. Yes, see, no is no. And a lot of stuff. Let's see. Proposition 14, 15, 16, 17. 18, 19, look at that, they're all in order. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. And then we have to turn the page over 15 times. Let's see, uh, El Presidente. Look at all the people running for president. Well, you only hear about two. How many choices are there? One, two, three, four, five, six choices. And we only hear about two. Isn't that interesting? Of course, District 16, this is our congressional district. I imagine most people in Merced, depending on where your uh, district line is. And, of course, Adam Gray, District 21. And then most people, some people, not everybody's going to have a supervisor's race. There's two, uh, no, actually one, excuse me, only one supervisor's race. So those folks in Merced. And then the city of Merced, mayor, uh, is a big deal. Now, I, some people are going to have a councilman. There's three council districts up for election here in the city of Mercy, as you know. Really, uh, potential change the uh, complexion of the board. So anyway, that's the ballot. This big boy. How do you fold this back? <laughs> oh my lord! Now that's this is really this is really amazing. This is like origami. Anyway, you kind of fold it up as best you can. Smash it with a hammer. Put it back in. Uh, no, don't don't smash it with a hammer. Try to get the folds in there. You put it in the envelope, and uh, boy, does it fit! Oh my word, that's a big ballot. And then you seal it. Sign it, and away you go, and you have voted. And guess what? There's a sticker in here. It says, your vote is your voice. Peel and wear proudly, and it's an American flag. I voted in Merced County. It's really, really nice. You know, you always see people that used to have, this is a big one. Man, that can, that can cover up a bruise or something. That's a, that's a big sticker there. But anyway, really, really neat that everybody has got those early enough. I mean, is that early enough for you, 30 days? That's one of the beauties of being a absentee voter. Basically, everybody, everybody is being treated like one this time. Unsolicited ballots going to every registered voter in the in the state here, in the county. Of course, you've read some problems, L.A. County, some of the bigger counties. Uh, we've heard some issues about uh, you know ballots being thrown away, that sort of thing. There is a way to track your ballot. There's a barcode on there, some sort of number. That's why you don't want to rip anything off of here. And you can go on the county website. And track your ballot. 
One thing we're going to talk about, did I get that off the copier? We're going to talk about the grand jury report. We uh, discussed it at length, at length last Saturday at the uh, 6 a.m. hour. And again, I want to thank, I just cannot thank the people for supporting the podcast platform, listening to the show. I don't know if uh, people logged on and logged right off, but a lot of hits on our last couple of shows. Again, 1480kyos.com. Click on the podcast banner, logo, box, whatever it is. It'll uh, open a tab and you will see Citizen Watch. Also, Community Conversations, our good friend and host on the morning news sometimes. He's my number one correspondent, Roger Wood, bringing six great episodes every single Saturday to Community Conversations. So if you miss a show, you want to go back, listen to what we talked about in the 6 a.m. hour about the Grand Jury Report, you can. There was a couple issues we talked about. The mush, the rock, whatever you want to call it out there, the staffing. Tremendous amount of overtime, 25,000 hours of overtime, my friends, used by the correctional officers out there. I, I'm concerned about safety. I know Vern's on top of it, but uh, that's a that's 10 full-time positions. A full-time position is 2,000 hours. And my MCOE math tells me that 25,000, goes, 2,000 goes in at least 10 times. So uh, a lot of overtime being spent out there. And, of course, we talked about the water uh, being dumped, pumped to... Waste. Horrible term. I don't like that term. We cannot pump anything to waste when it comes to water. Six, uh, 847,000 gallons a day for almost three years was being pumped into the storm drain system. Over at, well, 3C over there on 12th, excuse me, 13th. And canal. Truly was a canal over there on 13th Street. Water just flowing into the storm drain system, eventually ending up in the MID system uh, for free. Uh, $30,000 a month estimated cost by the grand jury. Again, the grand jury, a watchdog for the citizens. And I uh, love reading their reports. A lot of people say, hey, you know, they're toothless. Nothing can be done. A civil grand jury, you know, they make recommendations. Uh, they're impaneled. They leave. The questions are answered by the uh, folks and responded to in the next grand jury, which aren't published until the next report. It's kind of weird. The report's. Uh, take the questions that they posed in the last report and publish them in the current report. So you almost have to read two uh, years of reports to get the full picture. And uh, Barbara Levy was very nice to send me over her responses to the grand jury, which aren't due, I don't believe, until the end of this month, possibly later. And they had observed the elections over here. Uh, during, not the, uh, there was a special election for MID, Oh, let's tell you what they, they uh, the Merced Irrigation District Division Three, November 2019 special election, which I can't imagine many people came out to that. You know, these special elections are tough. And MID, they've they've got to do it when they do it. And then, of course, the March 2020 primary, that was the biggie in March. First time we ever did that. And again, Barb did a wonderful job, in my opinion. And again, this show is just my opinion. In that election, one, because our elections moved from June to March, three months in advance. First time it's ever been done. Uh, a lot of changes in that. The COVID situation had reared its head the first part of the year. By March, it was really serious. If that election had been held two weeks later, it would not have been held. It would have been, I don't know what would have happened. But we got it pulled off. And the folks over there at the grand jury observed this. They had some issues. And it was very, very minor in my mind. 
He said, overall, the signage for the majority of polling stations was good. However, some signs were difficult to see due to size, position, and or location. Signage was not always sufficiently visible during evening hours. Uh, didn't see anything specific as far as which polling locations, but okay. I'm reading from the grand jury report. Concerns with ballot secrecy was noted when the security sleeve was removed by the poll worker before inserting the ballot into the machine, thereby exposing the ballot to public view. Well, if you see this ballot and you can read it upside down going into a machine at 100 miles an hour, God bless you. You need to be over there in Vegas counting cards or something because it's, it's uh, I don't know. How do you do it? It's two-sided. So I think, uh, well, well, we'll read Barbara's response. Uh, the third paragraph, Grand Jury Report 2019-2020 report. When questioned about procedures to ensure vote integrity in an emergency, poll workers provided a variety of answers regarding training and procedures. Some workers indicated they had received Trump training, while others specified they had not. Others stated they were told to take the voting materials only if it was safe to do so. In the event materials had to be left behind, the workers were told to call the warehouse for further instructions. So uh, the concern there was, you know, what if, you know, smoke, fire, you know, somebody runs out and there's all the votes and, you know, so, you know not, uh, you know, they were concerned uh, for voter security in an emergency. And then they make a note that as of May 8th, 2020, which was very close to the issue date of this report, uh, the governor obviously issued the COVID-19 order, gubernatory, uh, gubernatorial, excuse me, executive order, declaring California a vote-by-mail state. And that was challenged and upheld, uh, I believe, by the court. So we are vote-by-mail. So some of those concerns are not going to be issues per se in this election. And Barbara was able to successfully address those. And we're going to read her response. It was dated September 18th. I meant to uh, get into this last week, but we had so many issues. Like I say, it's amazing. All the things we do here on Citizen Watch. So I appreciate you listening. Uh, Stick with us through the break. We're out of the first segment. Hard to believe. Don't forget. Do not forget Candidates Corner starting at 10 o'clock. This morning, Saturday. That's right. You've heard the promos all week long. We're finally here. We'll be right back. My name's Casey Steed. Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll be right back. Nothing stays the same, especially when you're unchained. Here we are, Saturday morning, playing a little Van Halen. Eddie uh, passed away this week. Uh, really, really surprising. It makes you feel, well, just a little more mortal. Anyway, uh, here we are, second segment, Citizen Watch. I always have to do everything myself. So many things. What are we going to... Okay, yeah, let's... Dancing the night away, going out of this segment. Second segment, Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. 
10, 10, 20. That's right. October 10th, the 20th, uh, 2020. Not the 20th, it's the 10th. I tell you, too many numbers. We were talking before the break. Let's get right back into it because I, I drift off. I wander. It's amazing you guys listen to me. I really can't, can't tell you how much. I really can't tell you how much you guys mean to me. Anyway, we were uh, talking about the grand jury report, the 2019-2020 grand jury report that was issued. You know, they didn't put the date on. I want to say it was June-ish. That's about the time they fixed well 3C. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it came out right around June. Uh, this is in regards to the March election. As I said, Barb was Barbara Levy over there, registrar voters, doing a wonderful job. A wonderful job. There's a rumor she may be retired. I don't know. I hope. <laughs> I hope she stays. But I get it. I get it. I get it. But the next election in 2022, that's an easy one. Come on. So they observed, they being the grand jury folks, I read the names last time. I'm not going to go through all that. If you want to listen to that, 6 a.m. last week, riveting radio, you can hear the preamble to the grand jury report. But basically, they had some issues on signage, uh, emergency procedures. You know, what happens if you know somebody lights one of the styrofoam voting booths on fire, or the machine goes nuts, you know, a plug... Uh, uh, <laughs> Start smoking, you know, something. Somebody's smoking in there. I don't know. It, what, what do they do in an emergency? Do they grab the ballots? Do they throw their bodies on top of to pr- protect the integrity of the vote? Or do they just run out of the building? So they found some different responses. Here's Barbara's, Barbara Levy, registrar of voter. Her response to Honorable Judge Gene Schechter, presiding judge of the civil grand jury, Merced County Superior Court, regarding the latest grand jury report. Regarding the findings, F1, there is a lack. They uh, list their findings in these things. You know, F for finding. So finding one, there is a lack of adequate training for emergencies as polling places, Barb's response. I disagree. Please see further response below in recommendation R1 because they have findings and then they have recommendations. You know, like we found this and we recommend you do this. So the recommendation for F1 which would be R1, is the training for emergency situations is implemented before the November 3rd, 2020 election, the one coming up. And Barbara responds, training on emergency situation is provided to all of our poll workers during classroom-style instruction. Written information on emergencies, including instructions to contact the election office in all emergencies, is included in the poll worker handbook. We direct that the safety of the voters and the poll workers is of primary importance. If there is time in an emergency situation to cover or secure election material and equipment, we ask that it be accomplished. We remind our poll workers that that we are guests at most of our polling places and that the practice and direction of the owner or manager of the facility in regards to emergency response may influence what the poll worker is able to do. We offer a tremendous amount of training and information to our poll workers in a short amount of time. In the few true emergencies we have experienced, they have never disappointed us, the poll workers, and the election process has always remained secure. Now, obviously, there's some things that are out of people's control. She can't predict the future. But for the most part, everything is absolutely fine. And some employees, you know, it's like going around the circle and asking everybody what they heard. Some folks maybe didn't hear, maybe they didn't pay attention. It doesn't mean it wasn't given to them. If they didn't absorb it, well, yeah. it's not like they took them out there, you know, to the uh, fire building had them repel out of the, uh, you know, the smoke tower over there. They just, you know, tell them what to do in an emergency. And if you're in a school or something like that, 
again, if you're a guest in somebody's home, you uh, comply with their procedures. So it's good to hear that the few emergencies they have had uh, never had any problem. And again, realize this March election barely got off with the COVID. You're talking about an emergency, a pandemic. A lot of poll workers were concerned and did not show up for work for whatever reason, pandemic-related or not. It's a temporary position. Maybe they found something else. Maybe they just didn't want to go in that day. So, again, Barb works with a very fluid crew. And uh, the folks that do show, show up, she's appreciative of, and they put them to work. So, again, I think that's a very adequate response. Finding F2, as we move through, the signage visibility and placement issues exist. And she writes back, this finding is difficult to evaluate as there were no specific provided as to sites that were of a concern. So, uh, you know, when, when the grand jury makes a finding, there's many polling places, as you can imagine, both in the MID race and the March primary, and they did review both of them. And I didn't see in their uh, observation which election they were talking about. But Barbara responds in the recommendation saying that Merced elections invest in, invest in and increases signage continually. We agree that signage to polling places need to be visible and in well-lit locations where available. So again, without a specific, how can you address it? But uh, again, if you've been to these polling places, there's stuff everywhere. I mean, it's all over. Uh, it's on the envelope here. It's everywhere. You go down to the county, uh, the drop boxes. Again, and I don't know uh, that they really weren't specific. So we're, we're going to have to say that, uh, you know, without specifics, that that issue was taken care of. So finding F3 from the grand jury that ballot privacy is not consistently protected from public view. The registrar's response is, I disagree. After checking in to vote at a poll location, a voter is provided with a secrecy sleeve and a ballot. The voter is instructed to place their ballots into the secrecy sleeve after voting. They are further instructed to remove the ballot from the secrecy sleeve when they insert the ballot into the precinct tabulator. A single poll worker monitors the precinct tabulator to answer questions about the tabulator unit and to assist the voter as needed. Oftentimes, voters preserve, pre prefer to have the poll worker insert the ballot into the tabulator rather than doing it themselves. While a portion of one page of the ballot may be in view for a moment when being inserted into the tabulator, it is typically the voter themselves who would be near enough to see a portion of their own ballot. So in the recommendation uh, portion, Barb says, per the executive order and subsequent legislation, Ballots are to be mailed, and uh, everything is going to be uh, at the voting assistance centers. All voters will be instructed to place their ballots in an envelope before they seal and sign the envelope and deposit it in the Merced Elections ballot drop box located within the voting assistance center. So, again, it doesn't look like those issues are going to be a problem at, uh, at this election because most of the ballots have already been mailed to the voters. So, again, some of these concerns... Uh, again, the, you know, the, the voter is the one putting it into the tabulator. I didn't realize that. But, you know, the poll worker's there to monitor. I don't think they're, you know, counting to see or looking for the, the box, which, which check is marked in. Uh, the other findings uh, were that the, new, that the new technology transitioned well into the uh, election procedures. That's, that's a good thing. Barbara concurs with that. Merced County implemented New equipment lines for all voting equipment at the poll locations, as well as for processing of voted ballots. Poll worker training included instruction, hands-on experience, and support from election staff. This combination provided to prepare poll workers well for election day. The training and support 
from the equipment vendors was of paramount importance. The new processing equipment and new software proved to be efficient. We were extremely pleased with the performance of the staff, the equipment, and the software. Additionally, Merced County received excellent feedback from the companies behind the equipment. Another finding is that poll workers responded well to the needs of voters. Of course, she concurred with that. And we've already been through the recommendation. In closing, Barbara would like to thank the grand jury for their acknowledgement of the extremely successful implementation of the new voting system. And people are not remembering that. We had her on last year talking about that before the March primary earlier this year. I guess it was this year, March. Uh, before March. Anyway, uh, all new equipment down there, tabulating machines, uh, rah, rah, rah. All of that neat stuff. So all of that was implemented during a pandemic uh, between March and now. So again, I think the questions of the grand jury report have been addressed uh, sufficiently by Barbara Levy. And I think that you can rest assured uh, that the voter integrity is uh, is in place for this, for this election coming up. Again, I want to remind folks that at 10 o'clock, we're going to start our Candidates Corner uh, segments that we have this time of year for the candidates running for various offices. This time, it's going to be pretty much City of Merced-centric uh, two candidates from the mayoral race, 10 o'clock, Matt Serrato running for the open seat for mayor, currently District 5 uh, representative. Also at 10.30, or excuse me, at 11 o'clock, you'll hear from Michael Bawomany, another candidate for the Merced mayoral race. Uh, he was an at-large councilman uh, several years ago, took a little hiatus, a little sabbatical. He's back in it, wants to represent the city of Merced as the mayor. And then, of course, 10.30 to 11, we have Jeremy Martinez, who is a candidate for Matt's open seat, uh, District 5 over there, the Loughborough area, bounded by, uh, excuse me, bounded by Highway 59, G Street, Yosemite Avenue, and then over there to the creek. Kind of follows along Santa Fe, the railroad tracks out there past Walmart. Anyway, those three will be up this weekend from 10 to 11.30. So I hope you tune in and listen to that. Also, we will be giving away, I know it's been a few weeks, I was a little short on cash, but I finally uh, scraped up some aluminum cans, and we are going to be giving away a Starbucks gift card. That's right, that $10, two cup, not even quite two cups of coffee, but hopefully you appreciate the gesture. gesture. At the end of the 9.30 bonus half hour, we still have that in our in our stable of shows, uh, 384-3323. You want to write that down for later, 384-3323. That's our call-in number, the 1-800 number. So, let's see. Going on through the grand jury report, we have a few more moments in segment two. Uh, the next thing on the grand jury report, again, the 1920 grand jury report, is fog sealing the answer. Now, this is something that's on people's mind. I know. A Los Banos Rose Maintenance. You see this uh, chip seal, fog seal, you know, the what uh, in the old days, they had the tar. You know, they went along, they had the little wand and put the tar in the cracks. The kid would... Kids would go out after the tar truck went by and roll it up into a ball and <laughs> do whatever with it. I, I tell you, we were we were bored as kids. But now they use this fog seal. They have a truck. It kind of sprays on a fog of asphaltic. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's uh, kind of reminds me of those uh, cans of stuff you can get on the TV to repair your gutter. You know, the seals, the leak, water's pouring out. The guy makes a boat out of uh, screen and covers it with this stuff, and suddenly he's out there fishing on the river. So fog seal is a, uh, it's not as good as a, uh, as a repave. You know, grinding it up, recycling it. They have these machines that can grind it up, uh, chew it into uh, little chunks, put new bitumen, new uh, asphaltic concrete, and lay it right back down, heat it up. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. 
all all in one deal. But this fog seal, you kind of go along and you you spray the fog. Now the whole thing is in the preparation. You've probably seen some of the funny memes where they've you know fog sealed a uh, armadillo, <laughs> you know roadkill on the road, or they've painted over it with the yellow lines. So it's only as good as the substrate that you're that you're uh, spraying it on. And Los Manis has been using this uh, a long time, from 2015 to 2019. Uh, and their pavement uh, condition index, the PCI, which is something they've done here in the city. They've mapped the pavement conditions all over the county. This was one of the selling points for Measure V, SB1, all of these road taxes. Hey, we need more money. Uh, the roads are literally crumbling beneath your tires. And the only way we can fix it is to tax the heck out of you. So the Los Manas, uh, as you can imagine, Los Manas probably doesn't bring in a, a ton of money uh, overall compared to some of the bigger cities, but they still have a lot of roads. Over 130 miles of streets and five miles of alleys. And, of course, curbs and gutters are part of their responsibility also. Man, I can't believe how quick these segments go. Look, we're out of uh, out of time in the second segment, the 8 o'clock hour Citizen Watch, 10th of October, 2020. So happy to have you here with me. We're going to finish covering the uh, grand jury report, the rest of it, and we'll get into other things going on. Here in the city of Merced, so happy to have you here, and the county, so happy to have you here with us. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Tardy and the clock is slow. It moves so fast around here. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Yeah, what a great song. Hey, so happy to have you here with me. Third and final segment of the 8 AM hour. That's right. They go quick, don't they? Here it is, October 10th, 2020, as well as the year. Seems like we just started. Just started, then the pandemic came along, with so many good things happening with that. Uh, businesses starting to open, was out last night, eating inside. Let me tell you, it was nice to sit inside. I don't mind eating under the stars and the ash and the uh, all the other stuff outside, but it is nice to eat inside. So uh, I hope the businesses will continue. I know they're only open 25% capacity, ever increasing our two-week. I was, I was pleased to see we had this equity bonus. I hope there's, is there some more equity bonuses we can take somewhere? Let's continue with the fog ceiling uh, fiasco over there in Olos Banos. The Public Works Department, reading from the Grand Jury Report 2019-2020, we've been doing this last couple of weeks, keeping you informed of what your public watchdog is doing here on Citizen Watch. Public Works Department spent approximately approximately $332,000 on uh, asphalt stuff, fog ceiling roads, over and over $28,000 in striping. In 2019, they completed a total of 137 fog seal events. These went out. Now, these uh, roads are the uh, the pavement condition index. You know, obviously, 100 would be would be great, right? Good condition, excellent. You know, after they pave it, that should be 100. percent Well, in uh, in Los Banos, 
Their roads are in bad shape. Bad, 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 bad shape. Very low, almost 24%. Uh, poor, 18%. Fair, 21%. Only 12% of the roads in Los Banos are in good conditions, according to the PCI. Uh, satisfactory, 23%. So I guess you could say between satisfactory and good, you've got a little over 35% there, right around 35%. But still, that means 60% of the roads. No bueno. And as they say, it's uh, this really... Even though the cost of Fox Hill is 25 cents a square foot, which, you know, draw out a 12 by 12 square, cost you a quarter, put a quarter in the middle of it. That's what it costs for the Fox Seal. You know, that can of uh, gutter seal, you know, make the make the boat out of uh, out of window screen. Compared to other more, the cost is 25 cents compared to other more expensive seal options, although a less expensive option. It does not appear to provide a good return on investment, ROI, as they say in the financial sector when the roads are in four four to fair to poor poor or very poor condition and again i've told you 60 some percent of the roads are in in those uh latter conditions you know bad bad roads the hundreds of thousands of dollars spent on fog sealing and repainting may be better invested in long-term repair of the roads in los baños and of course they get their money through sb1 uh, all of these different uh tax measures the other thing uh, that the grand jury noted is residents are not aware of road repair projects and questions regarding the efficacy of the protocols utilized by the road department have been posed. The current website is difficult to find and offers minimal explanation and a hard-to-access map. The grand jury believes the chasm between the road department and the public would be closed with more comprehensive communication about road repair procedures and schedules. According to management, when a resident has a complaint about a needed road repair, there's no form to fill out. The resident must call the public works department, and the information is either filled out or sent out to a crew. But there's no online or physical systems to handle complaints. So you can imagine what the uh, what the recommendations are. I'm not going to go through extensively. I do not have the responses from Los Banos about their uh, road issues over there. And I'm sure they'll be forthcoming, and we'll try to uh, we'll try to bring you those. So this just highlights a problem throughout the county. You have hundreds and hundreds of miles of roads. You can only get to a certain percentage. When you divide that percentage that you've got to over uh, into the life of the road itself or the maintenance measure you've taken, you find out that uh, you're going to be you're going to be behind sooner than later. And then what do you do? So maybe saving the money and just repaving, you know, doing what you can do the right way. But what do you do about the rest of the roads? It's you're, you're just chasing your tail, and this is the and when you look at we have almost a dollar uh, in, in taxes on the gasoline by the time you add the sales tax, where does that money go for every gallon of gas? And we know that it doesn't go back into roads and we have to pass these special measures, you know, pave our roads, save our streets. Uh, so th- th- this is the devil in the details where it shows that it's just it's not keeping up with demand. The other thing in the grand jury report, who holds the key keys to Castle? And this is about the development of Castle Air Force Base. As you know, it's... Uh, been over there for a long time, 1941 through 1995. It was a U.S. Air Force Base. Joint Power Authority came in in 95. Merced County assumed uh, ownership in 2006. The grand jury was concerned with the lack of public information regarding the use of and revenues generated by the Castle Airport and Development Center. This is what they're calling it, the CADC. We'll try to use that term. I, we've called it Castle Air Force Base, the Mid-California International Trade District, Castle Commerce Center. They've had a lot of names over the years, but they're calling it the Castle Airport and Development Center. So they're worried about the 
they were also concerned about the contamination of water and soil at the site. So, again, they went out there, did a lot of uh, research. Of course, they have the pictures of the old dormitories out there, the, the haunted house, I call them. You know, I don't know why those haven't been torn down. And when I hear still about contamination out there, uh, really, really, really uh, disappointed in that because I'd like to see some federal money coming, especially from our congressman who keeps getting reelected over and over and over again. And I would love to see some federal money going to Castle. I mean, again, this problem has been going on since 1995. Now, I don't know if there were some missteps uh, going on out there or, or what, but if, if it's still contaminated, that, that's really, really sad. The grand jury findings were three findings. The majority of the CADC castle is undeveloped and underutilized. And I think that's an opinion even shared by the county. It's just how to get it off the dead center. There's no central online website location with information about present and future development at the Castle Air, uh, Castle Aviation Development Center exists. Now, I, I find that hard to believe. I know we have a website for economic development and opportunity, but I guess they're talking about a uh, a specific uh, page or something just for the CADC. Uh, the CAD finding three, the CADC is actively seeking business opportunities and investments for increased interconnectivity of commerce and commercial business that extend beyond the county. The recommendations from the grand jury are that an informative and up-to-date website and social media presence be developed and presented to the public to convey current pertinent information about the CADC development project by December 31st, 2020. That the website be maintained with up-to-date information regarding regarding CADC business development progress. So uh, again, I, I find it hard that that's not there, but evidently it isn't. I mean, they look they look they uh, they look beyond that and didn't find it. And then they go in. The grand jury goes into the compliance and continuity reports. Uh, this basically is the responses they received from the various folks that they highlighted in their 2018 2019 grand jury report and i'll go through just a couple of those uh, just before we leave castle i wanted to mention that the board of supervisors recently along with economic development mark hendrickson over there has entered into an agreement or actually i think they're soliciting an agreement uh, for a management company to try to get more uh, business in the autonomous vehicle manufacturing development uh, research area all of those things Love to be able to actually produce those cars over there, but the research, as you know, with Waymo, is ongoing pretty heavily. Pretty heavily, it has been for many years. They basically rented it because it has been underutilized since 1995. It was a ghost town over there. It had a lot of streets. It was it looked like something out of a science fiction movie. All the buildings were there. Uh, just people were were gone. Everybody left. So it was a perfect uh, perfect simulation of a city city streets. They could set up their own. Um, obstacles, things, tests. They put tarps all around it to keep their proprietary information secret. And now the county feels that this incubator, this development area can be exploited by more people. So they're trying to hire a development partner to go out and market that. Uh, again, I know we've we've tried a lot of different things and uh, I, I know something's going to happen. And it's just, a, it's just a, a matter of when. So now let's move on to the grand jury uh, report the portion where they uh, do what do they call this portion of it the uh, I know I just said it the compliance and continuity reports this is the question the John Lotteraca con uh, correctional facilities always in the news and the findings were that it's in an advanced state of decay uh, one of the findings we've talked about this the county has received a 40 million dollar grant in 2015 now this is a uh, you know five years ago 
for the phase one upgrading of the facility. And the county has allotted, allotted allocated, English was the second worst subject, allocated $5 million in funds to upgrade the facility, finding three. No funds have been released to begin the project based on unfulfilled conditions of approval. Uh, finding four, no sources have been identified in the implementation of phase two, provided the replacement of the main jail and facilities at the John Lauderocka Correction Facilities. The main jail downtown is horrible, my friends. That is, that is something out of a movie. Finding F5 in the grand jury report just acknowledges that the county has found or the sheriff's department's found a new vendor for the medical and commissary services. Uh, they didn't really have any problems with that. So the, requ- uh, the response from the county board of supervisors, those folks over there, Regarding the bond and why we haven't started the construction, Merced County is working through an issue involving liens on the John Lauderaca Correctional Center due to county solar projects and energy upgrades. To date, this lien issue is the only issue on the part of the county of Merced that has delayed the release of the funds. So again, the solar project was a little more important than the jail upgrade over there at the Rock. Again, that's just phase one. Uh, there's many other phases to go, and you can't encumber this land when you have a grant. This this grant that we receive, forty million dollars, the land has to be free and clear. They don't want to have you build a jail and then somebody comes and claims it. These solar panel folks, believe me, they're already possessing, uh, repossessing people's homes that can't pay off that free solar because nothing's free. One of the uh, res- responses from the county is how they're going to fund phase two, replacement of the main jail. Uh, Of course, as you know, earlier this year, the county contracted with a consulting firm to explore the feasibility of a ballot measure for the funding of the Phase 2 project if the ballot measure is determined to be feasible. And if approved, it's anticipated that ballot measure will be on the 2020 federal election voting cycle, which is this coming election, and it's not. It's not. And here's the deal. Uh, The voter will, while the uh, public relations firm went out there and did some outreach. It was before the COVID, before the horrible economic downturn. Uh, I think it was before the results of the last March election, which, as you know, there were several ballot measures on the ballot that just didn't make it. Measure J, Measure O, uh, the college measure, the sales tax measure in um, Atwater. There was another one I'm forgetting. Anyway, uh, there was just no public uh, will. They did not put that on the ballot. Same way with Atwater. They didn't put their sales tax measure on the ballot, even in a reduced amount on this coming November ballot. So we're going to have to cross these bridges again. This will be in the grand jury report again. This year's grand jury was concerned about the overtime. But the conditions of the buildings really make it difficult and and, and partially a reason for the overtime to have more guards because of the safety concerns. You've heard about the in-custody deaths. You cannot have those. You can't do that. Uh, You're going to get sued every single time. And that's, believe me, that money is is huge. We we just don't have the... uh, we don't have the resources to fund those things. So the grand jury report is very eye-opening. It really goes under the radar. A lot of people are concerned that it doesn't have a lot of teeth because it is a civil grand jury. But believe me, it is serious. People do respond to it. We will bring you the responses as we get them. The one I want to know about is as well 3C in the city of Merced. Even though I understand it's been fixed unofficially since June, I, I would like to see that. And I hope we don't go backwards in that situation. Start pumping water uh, operation to waste, as they call it. So as you can hear, we're finishing up. We are getting to the end of the 8 o'clock hour. We will have a bonus half hour after the break. Talk about some more things in the news. Really appreciate folks uh, being with us. 
Couldn't do it without all my listeners. You do want to listen to the 9 o'clock hour and also the 10 o'clock hour where we're going to have Candidates Corner, Matt Serrato, candidate for mayor at 10, Jeremy Martinez, candidate for District 5, City of Merced at 10.30, and Michael Bowomany, candidate for mayor at 11 o'clock, all City of Merced. You don't want to miss it. It's really a great programming and makes you an informed voter. My name is Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. We're out of time on Merced News. Merced's, <laughs> Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. See you after the break or next week.